Welcome to the Living Rock Podcast. We're so glad that you're joining us to listen to this message. Whoever you are and wherever you're listening from, we trust that you'll be equipped, envisioned and encouraged as you listen today. we thank you for the, these psalms, mostly um, psalms of King David. We thank you for a man who could not live without you, and we identify with him this morning. We say, Lord, we can't live without you. Um, in all our um, situations in life, all our uh, challenges and joys and um, battles and peacetime, Lord, whatever we're facing, just like King David, Lord, we say we can't live without you, Lord. And we want to thank you that we can know you in every situation and circumstance of life. Holy Spirit, we thank you that this morning you intend to minister directly into our hearts and lives, Lord. And we open our, we open our, the ears of our hearts, Lord, to hear you this morning. Amen. Amen. There's a great quote I wanted just to show you. Uh, this is from a man named um, Pearson, writing at the end of uh, the 19th century concerning the book of Psalms. The Psalter, the Psalms, are, is a book of devotion for the ages. Here, every heart chord is touched and tuned to holy melody. God is here in the Psalms. God is here in all his attributes. Christ is here in his divinity and humanity. Humiliation and exaltation. The gospel is here. Sublime unfoldings of pardoning and purifying grace. Christian life is here. Faith, hope, love, and even church history in outline. I love that. A book of devotion for the ages. And in this age, it's, it's a place for us to be devoted to the Lord as well. So these, these um, 12 Psalms from 22 up to 33, if you just like to sort of just look at them and turn the pages, we'll come back in a bit more detail. But they really do, um, and I guess wh whichever psalms we're reading in any given week, we'll find the same thing, but, but here we have the full range of emotion and of challenge. We find joy, we find despair, we find triumph. Um, I want to suggest to you, you uh, where you're at this morning is probably found somewhere in, in one of these psalms. Almost, almost certainly. Psalm 22 is, um, if you could put these little summaries up, there you go. I've just tried to choose some, um, the, the, the heading under the psalm, that's the heading in, in this Bible, the, the Holman Bible. You've probably got, you may have some similar headings under each psalm, and that's quite helpful just to, to get a sense of what's the essence of this psalm. So Psalm 22, from suffering to praise. But then I've just tried to pick a few key words that I think... Um, seem to express the, the heart of the psalm or this psalmist. So Psalm 22 is, 
is um, David's expressing a dreadful sense of abandonment, of unanswered prayers. He describes the horrors of, of physical suffering, and he cries to God for deliverance in that psalm. Psalm 23, which we're familiar with, is, is a statement of great confidence that that the great shepherd leads us, cares for us, provides for us, knows best for us. Even when we face um, the darkest valleys, or I think the NIV calls it the shadow of death. Psalm 24 then is, is a statement of triumph, of victory, of resurrection. Describes the all-conquering king of glory coming in and taking his place. Fantastic Psalm 24. Psalm 25, heading is dependence on the Lord. And, and here you've got a sense of hope, a sense of total dependence on God. There's, there's a wonderful uh, little uh, phrase in, in, in verse 7 of this psalm where it says, don't remember the sins of my youth don't, uh, or my acts of, re of rebellion, but in keeping with your faithful love, remember me. God remembers us not because of our sins, but because of his faithfulness, his hesed. We'll come back to that in just a moment. Psalm 26 is um, an appeal for vindication. David says, I've lived with integrity. I've lived with uprightness. Lord, I've trusted in you. And, and, and there's this statement in here, I love your house, Lord. God, I love you. I love your house. Now vindicate me, Lord. Please vindicate me. Psalm 27 God is described as, as David's stronghold. They're all Davidic, by the way, except Psalm 33, which isn't attributed to anybody. Um, Lord, um, you are my stronghold. I've got no fear. This is the summary. It says, there's only one thing I desire of the Lord, and it's to, it's to dwell in your house all the days of my life. There's only one thing, Lord. I, I find you to be my stronghold. I've no fear. I, I only desire one thing. I'm led by God. I'm strong because you're my stronghold. And, and he says towards the end, I'm going to seek your face, Lord. Wonderful psalm. They all are, aren't they? Psalm 28. He says in there, God is my strength. He's my shield. He's my rock. He hears my prayer. My heart trusts in the Lord. Psalm 29. We read this one. I think Steve read this this morning. This, this re re repeated phrase, the voice of the Lord, the voice of the Lord, the voice of the Lord is powerful, the voice of the Lord is creative, the voice of the Lord is majestic, the, I think the NIV said, the voice of the Lord is, is full of splendor, the voice of the Lord. And he says, um, uh, the Lord is enthroned, and he declares, I will worship the Lord. Psalm 30 he speaks about crying out to the Lord. He says, he, he lifted me up. He healed me. He made me secure. I will exalt him. Uh, the, the, the title in, in this Bible is Joy in the Morning. And that's where he ends up, you know, um, uh, I, I, sadness may last overnight, but I have joy in the morning. Psalm 31, he says, God, please be my protection, be my refuge, be my rock. I'm grieving, I'm groaning, I'm weary. He uses this phrase, and I just felt this week this, this would apply to people. He said, I feel forgotten. That's qu quite a 
powerful um, soul responses, emotion. I feel forgotten. That's what David says here. I feel forgotten, but I trust in you. Lord, show me favor and hear my cry. Psalm 32. This is the one where he says, I, um, I, uh, I kept silent and my bones became brittle and, and from my groaning all day long, but then I acknowledged my sin to you and I didn't conceal my iniquity. And he basically says, I, when I confess my sin, he said, I found happiness, I found forgiveness, he even found physical well-being because he put himself right with God. He says, your faithful love surrounds me. And then finally for us today, Psalm 33, he says, rejoice in God, praise him, sing a new song to him. Let me encourage you when you're, uh, when you're reading, when you're, uh, when you're driving, when you're having your devotional times, when you're with the Lord, having a quiet time, why don't you sing a new song to him? Maybe some of you do. I'm sure many of you do this. Sing a song that you, you never learned. Sing a song that just expresses you, your heart to the Lord. This is what David's doing. These, these have become our choruses, but these were new songs. And um, he says, I'm going to shout joyfully because God created all things and is above all things, and I stand in awe of him. So it's a fabulous uh, selection of 12 psalms. There's a few things that I, I just want us to particularly note. So if you can put the next one up, Katie. These, these three, Psalm 22, 23, and 24, are, are most unbelievable, really. These are written by David a thousand years before Jesus, and they are the most incredible prophetic statements. Jesus quotes from these Psalms, from Psalm 22, Jesus quotes from it on the cross. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? They pierced my hands and feet. They divided my garments among themselves. Those, those are in this psalm. Psalm 22 was a, is a prophetic description of Christ's passion and suffering. Psalm 23, he lets me lie down in green pastures. He renews my life when I go through the darkest valley, the shadow of death. Psalm 23 is a prophetic description of Christ's death and burial. And Psalm 24 is a wonderful declaration of his resurrection and ascension. Who may ascend the mountain of the Lord? He who has clean hands and a pure heart. That was Jesus going first. And then there's that repetition at the end. Lift up your heads, you gates. Rise up, you ancient doors, and let the King of glory in. This is the ascended Christ uh, knock, knock, knocking on heaven's door. And the doors are flung open and the King of glory comes in. He's triumphed over the cross. He's risen from the dead and he's ascended and uh, he's resurrected and ascended on high. Isn't that fantastic? So those three psalms, note them carefully. 22, 3, 4, the psalm, psalm of, the, um, of, the, of the, uh, the cross, the psalm of the crook, the shepherd's psalm, and the psalm of the crown, the risen King Jesus. That's worth noting. There's some other things, um, and, and I'm sure when you read them, when you've read them, when you read next week's you will find the same. There's some key recurring themes in these psalms. Um, words, as I read them, I just that, that word keeps recurring. I keep coming across the word generation or generations, and, and we're told about um, a, a generation that seeks the Lord, 
We're told about a generation of the Lord. We're told about God's plans going from generation to generation. There's something that we, we can stand, a we can stand 3,000 years later, say, this still applies to me. Because this has been true from generation to generation. I'm part of a generation that seeks the Lord, the Lord's generation. Then there's, there's, there's repetition of, of um, the house of God. As we've mentioned, David talks about longing to dwell there forever, loving to be in a place where uh, the glory of God is desiring to gaze on the beauty of the Lord. There's repetition of, of the concept of strength where David talks about human strength failing, human strength draining away, but God being our strength. Of the rock, God is our rock. He is our living rock. He is our refuge, our fortress. He sets our feet on a rock. And then uh, the other one just to draw your attention to is the repetition of, uh, you might, yours might say, unfailing love. This version says faithful love. It's this word hesed. And it recurs again and again and again. And I just want to uh, read to you something we read, um, I think it was, was it this year or last year? We talked about covenant this year, wasn't it? Earlier this year. This was a, a description I read to you of this wonderful word, hesed, translated unfailing love, faithful love. Because if you, if you look right to the end of Psalm 33, the last statement in this collection of psalms. May your faithful love rest on us. Yeah, you have something similar? May your unfailing love or your faithful love rest on us. What does the NIV say? Somebody shout out the NIV on that one. May your unfailing love rest upon us. Anybody else? The New Living, what does that say? May you... Sorry? May your steadfast love surround us, rest on us. Now, let me then just remind you something of what this word hesed means. And this is, this is quoting from, um, from a, a man named uh, Norman Snaith. And uh, it's from a little book where he, which is called the, the Distinctive Ideas of the Old Testament, I think, is the title. And he takes different themes that recur in the Old Testament. And, and one of them is this theme of hesed, which is generally, uh, people talk about covenant love. But he says, we find this word involves, in every case, a substratum of fixed, determined, almost stubborn steadfastness. The best word is covenant love. The renderings, loving kindness, mercy, are often far too weak to convey the strength, the firmness, and the persistence of God's sure love. The most important of all the distinctive ideas of the Old Testament is God's steady and extraordinary persistence in continuing to love wayward Israel in spite of Israel's insistent waywardness. May your hesed rest on us, Lord. God loves us with stubborn steadfastness, with an extraordinary persistence, which means he's never going to stop loving us because however wayward we may choose to be, he's chosen to be consistently, stubbornly, extraordinarily faithful in loving us. Amen. Hallelujah.
Here's the group work, you okay? So we reckon, quick head count, there's about 150 people here at the moment. And I'm thinking 12 groups. So roughly, if this side of the room could form yourself into four groups, so you don't, one, two, three, four, uh, the same with the middle section and the same with that section. There'd be groups of roughly um, 12, 13 people per group. So try to keep the groups um, even in size. And then I'll, I'll give you the instructions now so that when you get there, you know what to do. Could you then uh, select a one person to just be a, a spokesman for the group? And I'm going to give each of the groups one of these 12 psalms to read. That's up there already. And, um, and I'll give you about 10 minutes or so on this to read the psalm together, probably maybe taking a verse by verse. So, you know, if somebody doesn't want to read, that's fine. Just let it pass by. Just listen. But read the psalm together. And what I'd like you to do is choose, this is the tricky bit, choose one verse in the psalm that you think sort of captures the essence of what this psalm's about. Um, the spokesman is also the, uh, has the casting vote. Because I suspect as you read it, be, so as you read the psalm, be attentive to what's the psalmist saying. And, and is there a verse, when, I, when I've now I've read that psalm, I look back, you know, that verse there kind of says it all. That's where he's at in this psalm. So choose, choose a spokesman to, um, to then uh, also make that casting decision if, if there's some, we don't want any falling out, okay? I think it's verse three. I think it's verse four. Well, I'm leaving the church. <laughs> no. Just be, be at peace. And uh, the, spokes, the spokesman can, can decide uh, if Tell us which psalm you've been reading and, and read out what you feel to be the key verse. Uh, psalm 22 and the verse was 24. For he has not despised my cries of deep despair. For he's my first responder to my sufferings. And he didn't look the other way when I was in pain. He was there all the time listening to the song of the afflicted. Very good. Is that all one verse? Wow. Excellent. Uh, we had Psalm 23, and we chose verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd, I have all I need. Amen. Uh, we got 24, so, and the majority was on verse 10, the last verse. So it's, who is he, this King of glory, the Lord of hosts? He's the King of glory. Amen. Uh, we uh, read uh, Psalm 25, and we picked verse 2. In you I trust, O, o my God. Do not let me be put to shame, nor let my enemies triumph over me. Brilliant. Thanks, Chris. And uh, we have... I chose the verse 8, where the good and upright is the Lord, therefore... Therefore, instruction is in the way. He leads the humble in what is right and teaches the humble his way. Amen. I think, I think, that's, I think that's good because um, helping Joseph in this time when she's got believers on her. Amen. Good. 26. We had. Psalm 26, and we chose verse 1, which says, Vindicate me, O Lord, for I have led a blameless life. 
I have trusted in the Lord without wavering. Amen. Hi, we have 27, Psalm 27 and verse 1. The Lord is my light and my salvation, so why should I be afraid? The Lord is my fortress, protecting me from danger, so why should I tremble? Amen. 28. 28. Uh, we, we're a divided team. <laughs> we we uh, had uh, chapter 28 but we chose between us verse 7 and verse 9. But to... Read verse 7 to us then, John, would you? I'll read verse 7 yep. first. Is my strength, my shield from every danger. I trusted in him and he helped me. Joy rises in my heart until I burst out in songs of praise Amen. to him. Wonderful. And uh, number nine, defend your people, Lord. Defend and bless your chosen ones. Lead them like a shepherd and carry them forever in your arms. Amen. Wonderful. Did you give the mic to Mike? Brilliant. Who's on 29? Yep, Sharon. Uh, we had uh, Psalm 29 and we verse, um, chose verse 10. The Lord, in s the Lord sits enthroned over the flood. The Lord is enthroned as king forever. Amen. Amen. 30. 30. 30. Who's 30? Sorry, Mike. Um, 32. Psalm 30, verse 11. <laughs> I've got the interpretation. <laughs> You removed my sack clothes and closed me with joy. We like that. Well, let's yeah. hear it again in Chinese first. Let's just ha have it again in Chinese. Sunny, do it again, yeah. Uh, okay. Amen. Amen. 31. Uh, verse 7 of Psalm 31. I am overcome with joy because of your unfailing love. For you have seen my troubles and you care about the anguish of my soul. Amen. 32. Hi there. We had um, Psalm 32, Psalm of David. And um, we chose verse 5 because we felt that um, it was the heart of the psalm and it was the pivotal moment in the writer's yeah. um, consciousness yeah. when they realized what needed to be done. So finally, I confess all of my sins to you and stop trying to hide them from myself. I will confess my rebellion to the Lord and you forgave me. All of my guilt is gone. Amen, amen, amen. That's it. <laughs> and finally, we had Psalm 33. We chose verse four because it speaks about the Lord's relationship with us. For the word of the Lord is right and true. He is faithful in all he does. Amen. Amen. Great. Well done. So you could stay where you are, but perhaps if you can 
somehow turn this way, it would be great. Thanks, Mike. Good job. I just want to, in closing, um, I wanted us to have an opportunity where we read together, whether you actually read, where we read a psalm this morning. And, and in asking you to choose the key verses, some of you uh, chose the opening verses, some of you chose verses somewhere in the middle, um, you had reasons for choosing those, but as I read them this week, you know, I kept finding myself drawn to the, the last verses in each psalm. If you like, the bottom line. Literally the bottom line of each psalm. And, and um, not because they necessarily answered that question, that they were the, they captured the heart of the psalm, but what they did was, at the end of the heart cry of David or, or the other psalmists, at the end of um, the expression of the lament or the concern or the, or the joy or the sense of relief and forgiveness, at the end of everything else that, that is said, the final verses in each psalm make a tremendous statement, like a, a real bold, confident statement that whatever else, this is true. So let's just have a look at some of the bottom lines. Psalm 22. The next generation will come and tell a people yet to be born about his righteousness. This is the psalm where Christ is on the cross and he's disfigured and, and, and he, they're mocking him and, and, and his, his um, bones are out of place. And he says, but a generation will tell a generation yet to be born of his righteousness and what he has done. How prophetic that was. Psalm 23, only goodness, I appreciate the, uh, the word that came through Richard this morning, only goodness and faithful, only goodness and faithful love will pursue me as all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord as long as I live, or in other words, I will live forever. 24, this is the one you chose, wasn't it? Who is he, the king of glory, the Lord of hosts? He is the king of glory. And then there's a little sailor there, which means pause. Pause, be at peace, just stand back from that. He is the king of glory. 25, may integrity and uprightness watch over me, for I wait for you. I did choose two verses here, by the way. God, redeem Israel from all its distresses. 26, this is the one where he is um, 26, the heart of it is is God vindicate me, I'm a man who's lived uprightly, I've trusted in the Lord. And he ends by saying, my foot stands on level ground. I will praise the Lord in the assemblies. 27, I'm certain that I will see the Lord's goodness in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. That word wait for the Lord, by the way, it, it sort of has a sense of gather together. It's interesting, isn't it? Wait for the Lord, gather together. Wait for the Lord, be patient, be, be attentive. Wait for the Lord, be strong and courageous. Wait for the Lord. 28, the Lord is the strength of his people. He's a stronghold of salvation for his anointed. None of these end on a negative, do they? Save your people, bless your possessions, shepherd them, and isn't that wonderful, and carry them forever. 29, the Lord gives his people strength the Lord blesses his people with peace. 30, you turned my lament into dancing. You removed my sackcloth 
clothe me with gladness so that I can sing to you and not be silent. Lord my God, I, I will praise you forever. Amen. And the last three. Be strong and courageous, all you who put your hope in the Lord. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, you righteous ones. Shout for joy, all you upright in heart. And finally, the bottom line of the bottom lines. The bottom line. May your hesed rest on us, Yahweh, for we put our hope in you. What is the bottom line, folks? And I want to just finish with this. Whatever your situation, your circumstance, wherever you are with God, you need to know what your bottom line is. Your bottom line will probably not be the line you're on at the moment. But what's your bottom line? What's your final word? What's your last word on your circumstances? What's your last word on those breakthroughs you're looking for? What's the last word in demands upon your life? What do you allow to dominate your mind, your thought at the end of the day? What's the bottom line? I believe the Lord wants to just encourage us this morning. His bottom line over our lives is He is good. He is faithful. He brings peace. Wait on the Lord. His hesed, His stubbornly persistent, extraordinarily steadfast love rests on us. He hears your heart cry. Don't abandon your integrity. You can stand on level ground. He is a stunningly good shepherd, isn't he? He carries us, he cares for us, he protects us. What's your bottom line? You know, people say, well, the bottom line is a sort of, that's my non-negotiable. That's, that's where I go, and I never go further than that. My bottom line, the best deal is God is for you. And uh, in whatever circumstances you're in, just want to make an opportunity this morning. If you'd like us to pray with you, we'd love to do that. But you can know this morning that the bottom line for you is the same bottom line for David. Wherever, whatever, however, here's my bottom line. His covenant love rests on us. Amen. Amen. Lord, we want to thank you this morning that the bottom line on our lives, the final word into our circumstances, the final say, the ultimate declaration is that you are good and your faithfulness is all over our circumstances, all over our situations, all over our lives. Your love and your faithfulness pursue us all the time. Your hesed rests on us, Lord. We thank you for that. We say, King of glory, come in. Come in, King of glory, and be be glorified and, and, and lifted high and exalted and made great in our lives, Lord, we pray. Amen.
Amen. Thanks for joining us today. There's so much going on at Living Rock Church and we'd love for you to be involved. Search for us online and get information about upcoming events and more great teaching. Visit www.livingrock.church or search for us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. We meet every Sunday at 10.30am in Stony Stanton and 4pm in Tamworth and Market Harborough. Feel free to come and visit us. We'd love to meet you.